0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Well, title of my message is The Bigger Picture of Discipleship. And uh, when uh, we talk about counting the cost of discipleship, what happens is, is it helps slow us down to see the bigger picture. And uh, when, uh, when we started bow hunting, one of the things I found out is, is that uh, I really needed to slow down and, uh, and, and learn how to hunt, learn how to uh, get close enough so I, we could, you know, put an arrow in one. But the thing about it is there's certain things when you're doing that, ranging on, you know, ranging your spot, it slows you down enough to be able to look at it instead of just when it steps out brown, it's down. And that's the same way when you begin to count the cost. When you count the cost, it helps slow you down enough to start what's important. What do I need to change? What does God's word say? What does this say about me? What does it say about my situation? What's going on? See, so it kind of, you know, counting the call. What is it going to take for me to do this? You know, what am I going to have to do to get to where God wants me to be? And with the kingdom of God, there will always be a bigger picture. Come on. No matter what, what's going on, whatever picture we see, what we're living in, or what we daydream about, there's always going to be a bigger picture than that. Come on. And so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 it says, Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the spirit for the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. See, this, is a, this scripture right here addresses right now and what's in the spirit. See, what your eye and what your ear has seen, those are things right now in your flesh what your eyes and what your ears see and hear, how you feel, God addresses that. He said, there's more. What hadn't even entered into your heart, there's more. Because see, all of us, no matter where you're at in their current situation, whatever you're, wherever you're at and whatever's going on, I'm telling you, there's more. And sometimes you feel frustrated where you're at because something in your spirit is going, man, there's more. When you get saved and you connect with heaven, all of a sudden now that feeling on the inside of you gets ramped up. That there's more. That there's more. There's something else going on here. I know there's more. And sometimes you can't put your finger on it. You can't put your finger on it at first, but what's happening is, is the Spirit of God on the inside of you is wakening the anointing of what you're called to do up on the inside of you. And so what we haven't learned to do is have the right attitude where we're at in this moment. And we always tend to kind of jump ship instead of getting our attitude right and learning what we need to learn right here, right now. Come on. Because it's the Spirit that is searching God's heart. And here's what happens. When you connect that with God, something begins to happen. You get agitated. Well, the sound in here sucks. Okay, Well, if that keeps agitating you, maybe you're supposed to be the sound guy one day. Right? Luke walks up, seeing one weed that we missed yesterday. (laughs) Pulls it out of the ground. See, something that Big Jim said about the prodigal son, the prodigal son was gone, but it put him back in sonship. Sonship is an attitude of, I'm going to get that weed. Come on. Sonship is, hey, there's trash on the ground. Instead of griping about the trash, you pick it up. Come on. See, this is, addresses even the things we're living in and the things we dream about what eyes not seen, what ears not heard. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal them to you because he is your guide, come on, into all the truth. And and let me say this. The Holy Spirit guides us into the truth. He's going to guide you into the truth of who you really are. Not what somebody says about you. Not what our culture's trying to say. Come on not what your past has to say. The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you in the truth of who you are. See, last Sunday, we talked about seed and talent. See, and both of seed and talent work on a principle of God. They multiply for us to eat, They multiply for us to do business with. Come on. Both seed and talent. They both work on the principle of planning and cultivating God causing the growth. Come on. Both seed and talent work this way. And soon as it wasn't long after we left church, Clay sent me a, shot me a text and he said, the thing about seed is if it doesn't meet your need, then you're to sow it. Right. So to distinguish between seed and what you eat is if it doesn't meet your need, then you need to sow it. Come on. And so the same principles work on putting a seed in the ground because the moisture and the soil activate the seed. God causes the growth. Okay? The same principle with your money. It works the same. You're obedient, and you tie it to the covenant, God multiplies it. See, that's the principle. That's how it works. Look. You may see yourself somewhere else in life. Where you're at right now, see, right now you've got to figure out am I sowing seed? What am I doing with where I'm at right now? Listen, you're going to hear this a bunch today attitude's everything, attitude is everything. Colossians 3. See, where you're at right now may just be the training ground for where God's taking you. I can't, I can't even say that enough. If you've heard Jack's testimony, Jack will tell you, being at a sign company, making stickers and signs, he never understood how that was preparing him for what he's doing now and the anointing he's walking in now. Come on. It was a training ground for where God was taking him. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, it says whatever you do, not just what you want to do. Come on. I I remember being there. I don't want to do this. And so I had a bad attitude about it. But it says whatever you do, do your work heartily, come on, heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. See, that scripture right there adjusts our attitude. it it, it adjusts our attitude from, Oh, God, I got to get up and go to work again. Right? To, okay, God, what is my assignment and what is my task? What is my assignment and what is my task? I remember going on jobs that were not good ran jobs. The crew was all gripey, complaining. Come on. And you're just like, oh God, drag up and leave. Come on. I remember one time, Billy hired this guy to feed and help at rodeos. And he was always complaining about the pay. You're gonna, at rodeos, uh, back in them days, you was gonna complain about the pay. Cause you was gonna work from sun up to sun down, and you weren't gonna get paid very well. And I remember one day, this guy's wife asked me, cause they were griping, the the wife asked me, said, "So, how much how much partnership are you in this company?" And I was like, I thought that was an odd question. See, they thought I was part owner in it because I took ownership of it. Here's what you got to understand. You don't have to own the company to take ownership of it and to possess it. And if you can change your attitude because you don't work for men, you work for the Lord. See, they didn't understand the principle of a kingdom mindset. What I was there for, I was there for the kingdom. And, I, and people would ask me, why do you take his trash out? Why do you go down there and fix his toilet? Why do you? Because it's the, we're working for the kingdom here. And my deal was, as long as I see God in this, I'm on board. As long as we're touching people, as long as we're doing, come on. See, God put the desire in my heart for that. And that was always my mindset. As long as we're touching people, as long as we're going with God, as long as we're, I'm in it. I'll bleed with you, sweat with you, I'll cry with you, I'll go. Come on. See, your attitude is everything. See, you're working for a purpose and you're always on assignment. See, I always knew in the back of my mind God was doing something even when times were horrible. Was it easy? Heck no. It, it's not. Let me tell you something. It, it, the enemy is not going to make your job easy. Right. <laughs> Trucks are breaking down. Bulls are jumping fences, getting out. And you're Come on. Things aren't always going to be easy. And he's never going to let you just walk right through this life and just possess your promise and receive your inheritance without getting a little muddy. Come on. It's not gonna happen. Matthew 25, verse 16. We read it last week about the parable of the talents. And it talks about the man who was about to go on a journey who called his slaves and entrusted his possessions. Come on, you got to get a hold of this. Entrusted his possessions to them and to one he gave five and another two and to another one according to their ability and he went on his journey. Verse 16. What is the first word that it says? Immediately. Immediately. They didn't jack around. They took ownership immediately. And made five more, made two more. Come on. Verse 25 the one that did nothing says, And I was afraid and went away, hid your talent in the ground. See, I have what is yours. See, the kingdom of God doesn't want just what they gave you, they want you to take ownership. <laughs> and it multiply. Does that make sense? See, he didn't understand the assignment, and he did not understand ownership. He totally missed the task that he had. Totally missed it. But instead, his attitude was in the wrong place. I'm afraid of you. Come on. See, you don't have to own... Matter of fact, we don't own anything. We don't own nothing. It can all be taken away. Ask old Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had it all, man. And in one evening, he went from being the king to being on his hands and knees eating grass with the donkeys. See, reward and inheritance. See, if you're just showing up for a paycheck, your your attitude's wrong. If you're just showing up for a paycheck, look, if your attitude sucks on the job and you're not making a hand, you're not going to be able to complete your task and your assignment there on that job. Because everybody else is going to be looking at you and forming their opinions and their attitudes towards you. Come on. And you can't minister or make an impact to that person just showing up to make a paycheck, just to get it, just come on. You you can't. Always being late. Come on. Listen, attitude is everything. When you show up on that job and you're like going, man, my inheritance is in this job. The seed that I'm gonna sow right here Come on, the talent that I'm going to get, I'm fixing to multiply it right here. And I don't care if you're the only Christian on the job. Make more. That's why you're there. That's your assignment. Soon as you make your assignment done, then you can go to the next assignment. But you can't leave that assignment. Come on. Does that make sense? Listen, we're here to make an impact for the Father. He is entrusted to us Seed and talent. He's entrusted us with seed and talent and he he expects us to tie them in the right place. Not to hide them, but to tie them into the right place. Come on. See, making a hand. See, they should never be able to... Uh, pay what you're really worth anyway. Nobody is going to be able to really pay you what you're really worth. If you're making a hand on the job, if you are changing the attitudes and the atmosphere on your job, let me tell you something, that company will never be able to pay you what you're worth. Because you just changed the whole attitude of a bad situation on the job. You brought order. You brought, come on, integrity. You brought honor. And and that spilled over to the whole group. Come on, are y'all with me? See, when we don't make an effort because we're not being treated right or we're, you know, being talked about, Because you prayed at dinner, you know, at your lunch. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, we're blowing our assignment. We're blowing our assignment. And then when we let the job get us down, and we're just, I I never forget, never, never, never forget. And y'all may have heard this story, but I'm telling you, it changed my whole perspective on everything. I remember it. 1990 is when it was and I was the lunchroom they had hung naked pictures all over the lunchroom and I would just go in there and it would just drag me down just struggling just dragging you down until one day I was like why am I the one being drugged down because of boobs Why, why is this affecting me so bad? You know what? I, I started writing the Word on paper and I would put it next to all the naked pictures. And when I would go into the lunch room, I was like, how beautiful is the Word of God. It liberated me. It set me free. And you know what it did to them? (laughs) They wouldn't even look at it anymore. On the two chicks in the sand with their knees in the sand. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess (laughs) that Jesus is Lord. Come on. Your attitude is everything. God's not scared of boobs. He made them. Attitude is everything. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? You take ownership and possess the lunchroom that's being possessed by pornography. Take ownership. There is a reason. That Dayton Christian Center, every time we go to a conference, every time we go to speak at another church, whatever we do, it's just, uh, it amazes me is that we just kind of go and take over. We don't mean to. We're not ugly about it. We want to get on board with you. But when your program is sucking, we're going to take over. We just, we're here to help the kingdom of God advance. Come on. We're here to do our part and go above and beyond. Come on, are y'all with me? See, on our jobs and at schools, in the ballparks, you you have to recognize an attitude that's not from God. We have to recognize that inside of us. Listen, don't let an evil attitude rob you of your inheritance. On that job, or at that school, or at that ballpark. Come on, Proverbs twenty two ten. It says, "Drive out the scoffer, and contention will go out; even strife and dishonor will cease." See, you can begin to pray against those bad attitudes. Look, here's the, here's something that really got me: is you don't have to be the boss to take ownership because you function in the spirit. Right. Come on. You could be a leader in the spirit and be a leader on your job and you don't have to be the boss. You don't have to own the snow cone stand to own it. <laughs> Does that make sense? You ain't got to own the hot dog stand to own it. You can still lead that place in the right direction. Come on. You just have to understand scripture. That's it. We've we've got to understand scripture. See, mm, here's what's cool. If you're not possessing where you're at right now, how are your kids going to? See, that's what inheritance is about, is passing it down to the next. But if you give it up now, how are they going to? If you let your peace and joy be robbed, how are you gonna pass happiness? How are you gonna pass joy and peace on? Are y'all with me? Genesis 17, verse 8. This is so powerful. And I will give to you that's now i will give to you that's now and to your descendants after you that is to come he, he god didn't just say i'm going to give it to you no he said i'm going to also to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings all the land of canaan For an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Notice he says an everlasting possession. Where you sojourn. In other words, he's saying you're going to be a stranger, but guess what? You're still going to be owner. The word sojourn, it means a temporary abode. By extension, a permanent residence. Come on. You may walk in and be a stranger, but God's going to give it to you. Everywhere you sojourn, everywhere you think you're a stranger, everywhere you think you're afraid to go, God says, if you'll go, I'll give it to you. Oh, man, come on. Everywhere you sojourn, everywhere you're afraid to go because you feel like a stranger, he says you'll possess it. (laughs) Yeah, you, you got to get it. Everywhere you go. Listen, this changes your attitude. You don't have to go on a job. Well, this is just a new job. This is just what I'm doing. No, you go on there with the attitude, God's gonna give it to me. I'm gonna possess it when I get there. Listen, we should be possessing our government right now. That's right. This is how critical this is that we get this because the church took a back seat to possessing I'll say it again so everybody can hear this and get this in their spirit who's watching out there somewhere. We should be possessing our government because the church took a back seat to possessing. Because we were told, you possess in a building under a steeple. This is your area Now you possess this and you're okay. We couldn't even possess that. Because strife and contention come into that. We couldn't even possess the attitude in a building. Because we couldn't come in right alignment. Oh man. With the kingdom of God to change, to step out of the box. God, you, we own all this. That's right. We're going to possess this. Why? Because we know who owns it. That's right. That's right. We know who owns this. So we're going to possess it. Look here, Exodus 19, 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant. Come on, here's the principles. If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom. You shall be to me the rule and the dominion. Come on, these are strong words. These aren't religious words. These are governmental, takeover, possess it words. Come on. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In other words, he says, do this and apply it, and you'll possess it, possess it. What we have to understand is who owns everything. And we are sons of the one who owns everything. Sonship is everything. That's why the parable of the prodigal son is so important. Because once we get our together, we come back in to sonship. And then we don't just do things like we were doing them as prodigals. We do them like the father wants. Come on. And he puts the robe on and the ring on. He doesn't say, well, just you got a, you got a probation period here. That's not what he does. He puts us and restores us back and then begins to show us how to possess, come on, the ranch. Come on, man. So when we're counting the cost of discipleship, we have to step back and see the bigger picture that it is about ownership, that it's about sonship, that it's about an inheritance that's coming. It's about the reward that's coming. Come on. And the Spirit of God is revealing to us and stirring us on the inside going, hey, I got more. I got a whole lot more. Now, you're right where you're at right now, but I'm telling you, I'm taking you to more. Come on. Sometimes we've got to recalculate. Sometimes we got to recalculate and recalculate and yeah. Sometimes we got to get our GPS right. Yeah. Oh, man. Exodus twenty three thirty. He says, I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. Little by little, I'll never forget, I was reading that when there was religious expectations put on me for being something that I wasn't yet. Come on. And when I read that, it liberated me yes. it changed my whole attitude and i seen god in a whole different light that he would little by little let me tell you something you know you know what you know the biggest relief shame and guilt shame and guilt left because then i knew god accepted me right there and little by little I would learn to possess come on as a son I could still make mistakes I could still learn to walk on my own God wants us walking on our own two feet now in the past they say you say this prayer we're gonna sprinkle a little fairy dust on you and, Poof. that's not how it works Let me tell you something. Look at cast Paul's head. It has got a permanent knot because he has hit that head so many times. When you first start learning to walk, you're going to hit your head. You're going to fall down. Most of us learn the word hot by touching something that burnt us. Amen. Do you hear that baby back there? That's Luke's little girl, granddaughter, the only one. Look, pass it off to mama. Come on. See, little by little, we'll learn to walk and possess, to be fruitful so that we can multiply. Little by little. Little by little. I don't know what the timeline is on little by little. I know God's grace and mercy is good enough that he says, look, come on, I'm gonna help you out in this. Determined by you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's determined by us. A lot of times it's how much... Misery, you can take before you finally give in and obey. It's so true. It's so true. I'm telling you right now, once I figured out 99% of my problems was my fault, changed my life. Yeah. I started obeying. Yes, I started obeying, tying myself to the covenant. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Look what he says. Matthew 25, 23, and I'll close. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with few things. Look what he says. Here comes the inheritance. I'll put you in charge of many things. I'll put you in charge of many things. If you can get out of your head the idea that you're just here waiting to go to heaven, Come on, that's good right there. he'll put you in charge of many things. Come on, y'all stand with me. There's a bigger picture of discipleship. There's a lot bigger picture of discipleship. There's a lot bigger picture of where you are right now. And what God needs is for you to get on board with that picture. You don't have to understand the picture that you're seeing. Because a lot of times the picture that you're seeing right now is really not clear. But it's coming into focus little by little. As you are faithful with the little. Faithful where you're at. Listen, if he can trust you with one soul. Doing the right thing at the right time. Come on, it blessed me the other day. Justin found $100 in the parking lot. Yeah, that was mine. Somebody lost some money.
1: Yeah, I got more. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when, you, when you were preaching this, Um, It just, this is just the thing that really liberated me as a Christian is that once I understood this message, that I serve a God that is able. (laughs) Yeah. Once I understood that, that changed my whole perspective. And then when I understood the part of sonship, And the part that places the ring that gives me the inheritance. An inheritance that's not now that people are so focused on, but an inheritance of the future. You know, your attitude will determine your promised land. Hmm. You got to understand that. Because 10 spies kept millions from entering. 10 spies' attitude of we can't do it kept a generation from going in.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Two spies took the next generation and went and possessed. Yeah. And occupied and carried on. You know, this really speaks to me because I just went back to my office after working from home for over a year and uh, there's a lot of things wrong with my company. You know, there, there, there's a whole lot of things that I could complain about. And I sat down in my chair one morning and, um, you know, I got an email from somebody that I don't even know that said, hey, I need your resume because we're about to submit you as the lead for this other project. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I don't even know what project this is. It didn't even come from my manager. It came from some other source. And um, after I read that, I was like, you know what? I was so, I'd been for a week, I'd been down about, man, I just really don't like where this company is going. And I sat there and it's like the Holy Spirit said, you know what? You can sit there and focus on all the negatives, but you need to change your attitude as an attitude of gratitude. Because I placed you here to make an income to further the kingdom. And it's not about my inheritance, about what I'm making right now. I, the, the job is, it's like you said, they can't pay me for what I'm worth. Because later on, another guy comes into the office, and I'm not telling you this to, to shine a light on me, but it just blew me out of the water. A guy I didn't even know comes up to my, into my office. He goes, man, I just got to tell you, I don't know you or anything. He goes, but there's just something. You have carry some kind of aura or something. He's like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you just got some joy. And it's like you walk in here and it's like this place brightens up, you know, because you don't you're you just have a different attitude. You know, I didn't let that negative attitude carry over when people come in. I'm just who I am, just who I am. But the thing is, is once we have that attitude and once we have the understanding of the authority that we have and that we can go forth. Another time I was in a meeting with a bunch of Arabs From Saudi Arabia on a project, and this guy was fumbling around, a bunch of words out. I said, "Let me clear this up. (laughs) Not that I'm anybody, but I explained what he was. He didn't understand what was going on. But when I explained it, it's like we can't be afraid (laughs) to step into an unknown area. We just got to keep possessing it. We got to keep going, and not let the enemy or anybody else say you can't go there. You don't. There's there's a boundary. You have no boundaries." As the authority of a king that is able, we don't have any boundaries. There's no limits. There's a limit of of correction that he said you walk this way, but as far as that, everywhere I go, I possess. If I go into a place I'm a possess. You you can't go down here. There you gotta have a badge. No, I don't either. I just walk right on down there because I where I want I go. You know, within limits, you know I'm not gonna go hurt myself or my family or somebody, but yeah. I'm gonna possess, I'm gonna stand there and I'm gonna shine a light and I'm gonna be who God's called me to be. But you That's gotta right. understand you you can you can go. You can possess. <laughs> you can get that inheritance. That's right.
0: And he does too. We was at Houston one year. I was going back behind the bucket shoots. I told Jim, I said they're probably not going to let you down here because some, some rodeos are just real strict, you know. And I told Jim, I said, Jim, you're probably not going to be able to get down in behind the bucket chutes here, and, you know. And so <laughs> I'm standing on the back of the bucket chutes. I'm looking at all the people there. That It was in the old dome. And, uh, and I kind of turned around, there's Jimmy. <laughs> I was like, like where'd you come from? He just walked right in. Come on. You might be in here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I got to change my attitude. I got to change my attitude. I've just been going for a paycheck. I've just been, you know, I haven't been taking ownership of where I'm at. That may, listen, that's even in your house. me tell you, the highest calling is in your house. That's the highest calling, is our families. What what is our family seeing? So I want to encourage you this morning. Your attitude is that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. See, and that's the cost of discipleship. If you're, even, if you're on your job and you're not making an impact on your job, setting the st- you should set the standard and the bar on your job. You should set the secretary standard. You should set the hand standard. You should set, come on, the bar on your job where you're at. let me tell you something. It inspires people and they try to figure you out. And in they're trying to figure you out. You just say, it's the Lord. I work for the father. When the father wants me out of here, I'm out of here. But as long as I'm here, come on, Shawnee, That is so great. It so it really is. Kind of thought, yeah. So it sets the standard for their life. I never have forgotten how my grandmother made up a bed. She would roll those pillows up. I remember how Grandmother Hilton made the bed and you did not touch it after that yeah but i'm telling you i never forget that let me tell you something that's the most important task of your day because it's a task that you can complete and you can teach your kid to complete a task by making up their bed come on it's sick even at the deer lease my bed up. Huh? That's the first task. Luke's gonna work us like dogs out here. But gonna, we're gonna complete this first task. Come on, what task do you need to complete? Set a standard for your life. Come on, does this listen? It, this is this is simple one-on-one, but I'm telling you, it's it helps your attitude. It changes your attitude, changes everything. Because the kingdom of God works on principles, so it changes everything. Father, we come to you. Lord, we just pray right now, Father God, in a world that's confused, that's out of control, where it seems like wickedness is running rampant, Father, I pray that we be a people of standard a people of principles, a people that see a bigger picture, that work for the Lord, not for men, because we know who owns this. Lord, help us to begin to possess this land where people look and see disciples of the kingdom of God, not just a bunch of loose cannons running around, But they see disciples of the kingdom of God. They see kings and priests. They see a peculiar people. Father, we thank you right now that this country needs to see a peculiar people. Peculiar that have peace. Peculiar because we have joy. Peculiar because we still are raising a standard. Peculiar because we have a standard. Peculiar because we have moral morals. Peculiar because we want to make it better. Father, we thank you that we are a peculiar people. Help us to leave here with this attitude. Even when we go into a restaurant, we're peculiar because when inflation's high, we still tip big. A peculiar people because we still give thanks in the midst of it all because we've counted the cost and we're sowing and we're tied to your covenant and we thank you and we praise you and we're not scared to hide We're not scared hiding our talent. But, Lord, we're immediately going to leave here and multiply. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you Wednesday. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for
1: listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.